Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. All right, John. Well, the kids are back in school, and you know, fall is right around the corner, and it's time to get serious about retirement planning and looking after your 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 elder parents. And you forgot football starts tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? My week, goodness, week zero. No, My Carolina goodness. and Clemson, Georgia don't play, or Georgia Tech. It's uh, Florida, Florida State play. So it's it's there. We're hey, on the cusp. we're we're right there on the cusp of the, the one of the what I think is the best time of the year. I love this time of the year. Yeah, yeah. I do too. But we're gonna start off talking about. Talking about looking after your elders, right? Yeah, this is a, a great uh, conversation that uh, that we we have periodically. But an article out of Swab talking about financial exploitation of the elder and what to look for. And the studies uh, are, are out there that um, the risks are substantial of scams and people taking advantage of the elderly. So you know, if you uh, have parents um, you know that are aging, you need to listen into this. Pass this on to some other folks. Let them listen to it as well. It's going to be some good good tips for uh you know making sure you're aware of the issues absolutely very important topic and then we're going to follow that up talking about retirement blunders mm. um you know there's a lot of ways to derail your retirement <clears throat> and not be properly prepared and we have seven of them that are really really important very common so uh, you'll want to stick around for that. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 24 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. You can get a link to the podcast. Uh, we also have a lot of videos, some good information about college uh, majors out there, what uh, you know salaries are and um, you know graduate degrees and so forth. We've got a retirement calculator out there, a lot of good tools on that. Facebook page and uh, a Twitter handle, MoneyMD. That's right. And we'd love to hear from you. You can email us directly at info at moneymd.net, or you can link to us right off of our website. We're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. This comes from the Census Bureau. And and Steve, I'd like to think we're making a a little bit of an impact here, right? Absolutely. Trying to get people out of debt, out of... We're uh, preaching the good news about retirement planning. That's right. That's right. And and obviously Dave Ramsey is as well out there. But 40% of American homeowners are actually debt-free. That's, that, a, that's a pretty good number, isn't it? I like that. 31 out of about 79 million households that you know have a primary residence um, are, are debt-free. So that, that's a great thing to achieve. And certainly we, we try to help our clients, if possible, to, to go into retirement without a mortgage. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd be interested to know <clears throat> what that stat is for retirees, because mm. that's when it's really, really critical. Yeah, I've seen some. I think it's uh, surprisingly about half of retirees go into retirement, retirement. with a mortgage. <clears throat> with so a mortgage. It's a, it's a yeah. big number. So it's a big number. If you can achieve that, certainly, you know, we have some clients that do that in their their 50s is a great goal. If you get a 15-year mortgage right as your kids are going into college, it just frees up some additional resources to help pay for college. Yeah, and it's so important to be totally out of debt when you get to retirement because you want to have some flexibility, and and that really affords you a lot of flexibility if you have no mortgage payment or no debt at all. So 
we would highly encourage you, <clears throat> if you refinance your house, you, you refinance it for a shorter period, 15 years, get a lower rate, and then amortize that over the remaining years you have to retirement. So in other words, pay more so that it'll you do the calculation, do the math, so it'll be paid off at retirement. <clears throat> and that's really the key. But you got to be one of these 40% of people you know, that are that are debt free when you get to retirement. So very good financial fact of the week. And that leads up here to our next topic, which is elder exploitation, a very ugly subject, John, but yeah, uh, but is. it's very, very important. Yeah, this comes from Charles Schwab and um, Steve, as baby boomers, you know, continue to retire and, and advance in age. There's an increasing number of American seniors that are at risk for falling victim to, to schemes and you know, people trying to separate them from their money, and, and the risks are substantial. There was a 2015 survey by TrueLink Financial that claims about 37% of seniors lose money to scams, financial exploitation, and abuse over any given five-year period. And while it's hard, kind of hard to quantify, the 2019 study by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau estimated the average loss to victims at about $34,000, and that number jumped to about $46,000 for adults aged 70 to 79. And, you know, such losses, you know, a lot of times aren't even reported um, when discovered, and, and they're rare, rarely recovered as well. So the numbers are staggering. 37% of seniors, uh, you know, lose money, and uh, the num- numbers are not insignificant, 46000 that's right. And I think back at my grandparents, you know, and, and there were some signs there. You know, one of my grandmothers used to uh, <clears throat> continually play these um, these <clears throat> these uh, clearinghouse type things, you know, that would come through the mail. And I remember her mailbox would just be full of them, you know, and mm-hmm. she was on every list. People were calling her, you know, trying to trying to sell her stuff. So. It, it once you get on that kind of get on that that list, I mean, there is no stopping it. You they, people will try to um, will try to exploit you. And and I remember being at my 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 mother in law's house just last weekend and seeing a phone number on the phone that they were listed as "Do not answer this phone number." You know, it's going to be one of these scammers. <laughs> right. So uh, fortunately, you know, we've at least inoculated her a little bit. To, to that possibility. Um, but in many cases, there are warning signs, you know, and the caregivers and close family members are often in the best position to spot those those financial exploitation signs. Um, so here are some of the common red flags you need to look for. Um, and we see this occasionally with with some of our clients, too. We see these red flags. But first one is, you know, people are asking me for money when they when they say something like that. Um, and you hear that from your maybe your parents or your grandparents. That that's something to look for and throw up the red flag and start asking questions about that. Like who, you know, what do you mean? Or you know, when they say things like "I've been pressured to give money away" or "change my will," obviously that would be yeah, a red pretty, flag. Yeah, that would be a big red ding, flag. Ding. ding ding ding. You know, my my money seems to be disappearing is a is a is a common one. And I was in a client's house, an elderly client, not too long ago, and. You know, and and she mentioned that she had some really, you know, expensive valuables in the house. And I um, started questioning her, you know, I said, well, have, have you had workers in here? Have you noticed anything missing? And sure enough, she'd had something very significant, hmm. some precious metals go disappearing, oh, no. you know, and she'd had workers in the house. And it was obvious that one of those workers had walked off with that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very common thing. When people come into your house to do work um, and you're elderly, 
it's very common. Some of them are not going to be honest and are going to walk away with things. So I would suggest if you have parents that are having work done in their house, make sure you're there or somebody's there mm-hmm. watching them, you know, and don't let that happen, you know, to, to your elderly, elderly parents because they leave money around all the time. Sure, you know, elderly sure. parents do. Yeah, some other things to listen for is maybe they're saying, hey, my, my bills are confusing me or I don't feel comfortable making financial decisions. Just, you know, look for keywords, feeling uncomfortable. Um, you can also watch for cues of behavioral changes like, uh, you know, maybe uh, unexplained withdrawals or, or transfers or debits or you know, you know, unexplained changes to wills, um, reluctance to discuss financial matters. I have a, 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 a couple that we go to church with, and, you know, the, um, he helps and has power of attorney over his dad's account. So he watches yep. it and so forth, and he'll see charges come through, and he'll go and, and check with his dad, and, and someone has convinced him to, to buy something, and he calls the company up and says, no, you you can't. He, he didn't need to buy that, and so he'll get the money back. But there's, you know, watching your parents' accounts, getting power of attorney is one yep. way that you can help out with this. Absolutely, yeah. And watch for some of the signs, like you know, they they don't want to show you their account statements, or they're not letting you have access to their accounts to see kind of what's going on. And you've been helping them in the past, um, or. You know, frequently, you know, they, they're getting emails, you know, about, you know, accounts have been changed, passwords have been changed, usernames have been reset. Um, so, you know, take take a look at their email and ask them if they've gotten any suspicious emails. Um, unpaid bills are in mail is piling up at, at the house. Um, that's certainly a, a big red flag. You know, new friends or they start mentioning new relationships that they have with somebody that's paying attention to them. Yeah. Maybe they're a lot younger, you know. I had an aunt that was had somebody a lot younger that was paying attention to her, mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, nothing good can come of this. You know, there's yeah. something wrong Something's here. Wrong. They're wanting something. Yeah, love love <laughs> does crazy things to you too, right? I yeah, mean, absolutely. You don't, don't make uh, rash decisions when it comes to that. Some other things that are kind of signs, uh, frequent mood swings, um, fearful, distressed, um, you know, the onset or worsening of an illness or disability obviously can cause some of these things to, to be highlighted as well. So, you know, third parties who insist on participating in all financially related conversations. I mean, some of these are pretty obvious, but you just got to be in tune with your parents. And I would say, uh, you know, if you have a good relationship with them, power of attorney and being able to watch some of their account activity, I think is going to tell you a lot of what's going on, checking account, debit, you know, debit cards, if they have credit cards and so forth. So um, here's what to do, though. If you see any of these red flags, you know, you got to you got to put some things into into play. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, we, we do some things at the advisor level. I mean, if we see some red flags, we will contact our client and try to get a permission to talk to their children. You know, mm-hmm. and to get their children involved and just start suggesting, hey, you know, maybe you ought to have your children as power of attorney on your account, you know, and and get them get to start getting duplicate statements. We do that kind of stuff. And you need to kind of do the same thing at a personal level. Um, You know, if you see something happening to your to your parents, I mean, the sooner you take steps to kind of halt the losses, recoup the funds, which can include, you know, even notifying law enforcement or adult protective services, um, which are, you know, in almost every city, they have adult protective services that can come in and take a look legally, you know, and make sure that nothing, no exploitation is going on. Um, you can notify the FTC to report scams. Um, you know, the greater your likelihood of success if you if you if you start doing that quickly. Um, 
and your chances of preventing further financial exploitation. So you want to get involved. You want to start asking the right questions of your loved one and, you know, gently start probing. And if you see something that's out of out of whack, you need to start start taking some action. Yeah, have a com- conversation. Certainly don't blame, um, you know, them and, and make them feel bad. I mean, your loved ones may become more secretive and they make uh, a really bad situation that they feel cornered or embarrassed. So, you know, you can't you, you got to be careful with that conversation. You also may want to contact um, the financial institutions. You can institute some safeguards to help pre- uh, prevent unauthorized transactions such as stepping in maybe as a co-signer or establishing a power of attorney that we talked about, even contact a lawyer. So there's some ways legally that you can kind of help manage their situation. That's right. You know, an ounce of provision <clears throat> is worth you know, what, a pound of cure, Cure, right, 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 something like that. Isn't that the old saying, right? I mean, there are several ways you can help seniors avoid exploitation. Um, You know, one of those is to, you know, help your loved one get organized, um, including locating and filing key financial records. Um, Help them to to put away any any, uh, uh, significant assets, you know, lock things up in a lockbox if they're, you know, in a safety deposit box if there's valuables laying around the house. Um, you know, help them kind of manage their cash, make sure there's not too much cash laying around or in their purse. Um, kind of limit how much money's in their checking account. Don't let that build up to just some inordinate amount of money that's in their checking account that can easily get, you know, checks written on and and get gone. So, you know, try to help them manage their cash flow so that there's not some, uh, there's not room for a whole bunch of it to, to get gone without, without them noticing, um, you know, ensure that your, your loved ones designated a trusted contact person for their accounts so that trustworthy people can speak to financial institution representatives in the event of suspected financial exploitation. Um, and regularly review their, their wills, their trusts, their power of attorney. Um, make sure they have that on file with their financial institutions. And make Review their account statements, their insurance policies, their beneficiaries. You know, just help them to kind of pay attention to all these areas um, is what they can do. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. Yeah, you, you know, discuss the goals, you know, talk about how to spot and respond to potential scams. Um, but don't put off these important conversations. It might make them feel uncomfortable, but, you know, it's it's going to be an easier conversation on the front end than on the back end. Uh, you know, you can register with the FTC's do not call list. <laughs> I'm not sure that makes any difference anymore. Not much. We, we've registered for that. We continue to get um, calls and so forth. But, you know, by staying attentive to your loved ones as they age, you can help them uh, spot potential scams and uh, minimize financial losses and, and focus on what really matters. And that's, you know, having a happy and fulfilling life in retirement. So you just got to, you got to go into this with eyes wide open. We, we, uh, I mean, you see the stats, 37% of elderly folks do fall victim to money scams and money is going out of their, their checking accounts. Um, again, we see, we've seen that firsthand. I've seen it with some friends that are going through that with their parents as well. So just be very careful and know that, uh, there's a lot of unscrupulous people out there. There are, and it is very, very common. So you have to pay attention. You have to get involved. You can't let, you know, your elderly parents just kind of go it alone. You got to gently start, you know, getting involved in their situation to help protect them from all these scams that that are so prevalent. So very important topic. Um, So pay attention to that.
All right, and that leads us up here to the question of the week. This question has to do with pensions, and and Steve, we, you know, we do run across folks uh, that have worked at the site that are working for the government that have pensions, and uh, it's interesting when we when we talk to them, they really don't realize how good of a benefit that is. So this question is is in, in line with that. It says, "I have a pension to get fifty thousand dollars a year when I retire." I know many folks don't have this, but but how good is that? And so I like to kind of put it in perspective a little bit. If someone oh, yeah. came through our door with with a million dollars, um, fifty thousand would be a reasonable amount that they could take out per Income year. Income that produces. Income. That's right. right. So so that fifty thousand a year is is like having another million dollars sitting there producing income in addition to what they've also been saving in four hundred one ks. And they're always surprised when because if they've saved up six hundred, sometimes they don't feel like that's enough. When you put another million on top of that, they're like, "Oh, that is pretty good." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to put it in perspective for people a lot of times too. I'll run a present value on that pension mm-hmm. based on their life expectancy or the joint life expectancy and you know, actually show them what it's really worth, you know, at a 3% discount rate or a 4% discount rate, you know, that that's worth, like you said, maybe a million dollars for that pension. And it's a guaranteed asset, you know, so it's, it's guaranteed. It's like a fixed income asset that can't go away under most circumstances. So sometimes that affords them, um, kind of the mental ability to to allocate the rest of their money more reasonably, mm-hmm. you know, with with maybe sixty percent in in stocks. Um, so if they're not so conservative because they think that's all they have, um, you so you got to look at the whole picture. Pensions are very very valuable, and they're getting more and more rare they as are. we pointed out. They are. So yeah. you you need to take stock in that, really look at them, and and you know understand what that asset's worth. And, uh, you know, count it accordingly. That's why so many companies are getting rid of it, because it is an expensive benefit. Very expensive benefit for companies. And, uh, you know, they're liable for it. So obviously it's something they're trying to trying to phase out. So, uh, yeah, but pay attention to your your pensions. If you have old ones out there, don't let them just just, uh, you know, be forgotten. Um, They're very, very important. If they're only only going to be a few hundred dollars a month when you retire, um, you need to tally those up and get those mm-hmm. in your retirement plan and <clears throat> pay attention to them because the present value of that is thousands of dollars. It's it's certainly worth tens of thousands. Paying attention to. Paying yep. attention to. Absolutely. All right. Good uh, question of the week. And that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is retirement planning blunders. Um, <clears throat> John, you know, there are a lot of ways to derail your retirement, and people make mistakes all the time. They don't think they're making mistakes. It's just kind of a default a mentality that people have. <clears throat> so this is a really important topic. This is based on a CNBC article from Deborah Nansen. And, um, you know, but the biggest mistake that people make when preparing for retirement, surprisingly, is not is simply not planning at all and not being prepared. Um, for some, you know, they'll still get by due to a nice employer 401k match or pension like we just talked about um, can get them through retirement <clears throat> just fine. But, Still, you know, many people fall short, and we're seeing more and more of that because people don't have pensions anymore, and you don't get as much from your employer as you used to. Um, So they fall short of the retirement goals due to kind of this apathetic attitude of simply never starting a plan until it's too late. Um, So the potential pitfalls threatening a successful retirement are many, and the biggest errors fall into kind of the psychological category oftentimes um, more so than the financial category, <clears throat> according to advisors and studies. But here are eight of the most common 
mistakes that are made in retirement? Yeah, the first one's lack of clarity. I mean, you know, there's two pieces to retirement. You've got to make sure that you hit the financial goals, and that's kind of black and white. You can go through some numbers and make sure it matches to your budget, but then you also have to make sure your your psychological goals are out there as well and and you got to figure out what you're going to do and that's one thing that you know we we stress a lot with um with uh, folks coming into our our practices and clients is what are you going to do when you're retired you have to have a plan and have kind of figured out you know you can only play so much golf or you know fishing and so forth you've got to have some other places that you're going to use your talents and skills. A lot of volu- a lot of people like to volunteer and some people do mission trips and so forth. So if you don't, you may feel adrift and it's important really to think through your retirement so you can have a plan, not only financially, but also what are you going to do with your time as well? So, um, you know, you may have to, to uh, you know, think through with your spouse or your family of some things that, uh, you know, where you can plug in from a family standpoint as well. So you got to make sure you understand that piece of it. Yeah, that's right. You got to have some clarity, <clears throat> and oftentimes you need to get help to to kind of make you think through um, what retirement means to you and <clears throat> what it's going to look like and how you're going to get there. Um, and if you haven't created a plan yourself by the time you're in your fifties, then you're likely never going to do so yourself. So you need to hire an advisor or a planner um, to <clears throat> kind of take the time to formalize your retirement goals. You know, with your input, you know, they can develop a plan to get you on track and help you implement it. So <clears throat> lack of clarity is certainly a very important uh, blunder that, that people make. The next one, though, is refusal to accept change. You know, I mean, many people, they simply don't understand how to allocate resources over an unknown period of time. And it's important to accept that there might be a change in lifestyle necessary to live you know, uh, peacefully with that. And uh, you got to be able to to accept the fact that you might need to make some changes. So when you talk about budgets and cutting expenses, unfortunately, people kind of shut down. They refuse to address kind of the reality of what that means. And, you know, as people feel they can no longer, you know, do what they want to do, they regret um, perceived past carelessness, um, it kind of brings about that sense of denial and pain <clears throat> that we see sometimes in people when planning for retirement. So retirees, they need to learn <clears throat> some new thinking skills. For starters, you need to get in touch with your personal values. Realize that corporate America's marketing machine is out there working against you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, spend they're, exactly. I mean, they're sending a different message than what you need to to implement to be successful in retirement. So you have to define your priorities. You have to stick to a plan to win that tug of war with corporate America. Um, you also need to face the reality um, and be willing to make tough financial choices like eliminating your splurge area. Like maybe it's designer clothes. Maybe it's expensive meals, um, kind of the over-the-top hobby expenses, which puts your financial future at risk. Finally, you need to be mindful of your cash flow and never allow it to get into that deficit range where you're forced to use credit. Um, so you got to make some changes. Yeah, no doubt. And a- another, you know, blunder sometimes is a do-it-yourself mentality um, that can be dangerous. I mean, some people can pull it off. Um, you know, many baby boomers have a do-it-yourself mentality, which is certainly okay for certain things, but not for everything. Uh, a lot of people are used to going online and doing their own research and trusting their own judgment and making uh, important decisions. 
And that's fine, you know, deciding who's going to paint your house or which appliance to purchase. But, you know, it doesn't always work out uh, that way in financial planning. We see it with the markets now, very volatile. People are wanting to make rash decisions based on emotions. And, you know, that's historically, that's not been a great strategy. So, you know, do it yourself can be dangerous. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we, I know this sounds a little self-serving since we're in this business, but <clears throat> nonetheless, I mean, you know, I think CNBC is right here. I mean, you know, there are some things you don't want to try to do yourself. And, you know, without professional, you know, help, if you will, I mean, retirees, they'll typically they'll underestimate and overlook their financial needs. Um, they invariably will underestimate the effects of inflation on their retirement income or withdrawing money from their accounts during down markets. Um, we see people all the time that kind of show up in the middle of retirement with a lot of financial difficulties. They thought they'd be fine when they retired. They had adequate income on day one. However, um, they usually will neglect to consider the cost of medical expenses later in life <clears throat> or the the amount of the survivor income their spouse will need if something happens to them. Um, furthermore, people usually underestimate kind of the non-routine expenses like medical deductibles, replacing their cars, their home maintenance, things like that in retirement. They typically do a budget just based on their fixed expenses that they know about um and that doesn't cover everything so they don't they don't usually get very realistic about their budget so the truth is it takes sophisticated software and running many different scenarios to properly test the range of possibilities i mean you need to incorporate a plan for social security for long-term care expenses you would never consider going it alone if you had cancer or needed surgery um, and, and, you know, like your retirement planning, these are much too important to trust on your own quick and dirty kind of research that you're likely to do, you know, and trying to do this yourself in the back of an envelope. So make sure you get adequate help with important things in life, like planning for the next 30 years in retirement. Yeah. So uh, another one here on the list, Steve, is establishing a formal plan. And, um, you know, you got to have a written income plan, mm -hmm. a detailed budget. You got to have some tax mitigation strategies. Um, and not react emotionally to the markets. Um, you know, no one understands where the markets are going to go next. Uh, historically, markets are down 25% of the time. They've recovered 100% as long as you're diversified. So you got to have a plan and just understand uh, and have a disciplined approach. That's right. And the next one here, John, is playing it too safe. You know, retirees saw CDs that did really well back in the 90s and 2000s. Um, and so, you know, so a lot of them still have that mentality where they can put it in fixed income and just leave it. I just went through this with, with a, uh, re, you know, pre-retiree this week where he had everything in fixed income and, you know, was only making 2%. And in today's world, that simply doesn't get it done for you. You really need four five, 6%, you know, in a lot of cases, 7% to really cover inflation, allow you to draw out for or 5% per year and still have your account grow so it can you can give yourself raises down the road. So you can't you can't play it too safe. Yeah, another one here is not really downsizing. You hear people saying, "Hey, I'm going to sell my $500,000 house," but a lot of times we see them purchasing a smaller house, but it's brand new, so you got closing costs and new furniture and you know, you end up at the end of the day having the same amount invested in it. Uh, it is a newer house and maybe less maintenance, but you got to be careful you know, when you downsize it, you're truly downsizing. And that can be a great strategy to make your money go further. It can, but you got to, a lot of times it, we see that it doesn't result in lower costs. They end up spending just as much money. So 
that's an important one. Another one here is not planning for parents. Um, and, you know, I mean, maybe you don't have to worry about that. Maybe they're in great financial shape. Um, but, you know, many baby boomers, they have to financially help their elderly mothers or fathers, um, <clears throat> you know, and only a small percentage integrate that into their financial plans. Um, and, of course, you know, you, you may need to help your parents out um, with living you know, arrangements. You may need to have it built into your plan to not only help them financially, but maybe build a mother-in-law suite mm-hmm. into your into your house. So just take that into account. That's just one more thing that, that most people don't think about. And then the last one here, John, is failing to maximize your Social Security. Um, you know, many people kind of have that mindset that they should start claiming Social Security at the earliest possible time um, because, you know, the you know, burden of palms work, too, in the bush. And who knows, you know, if the trust fund runs dry, you know, they want to get their money now. Well, you need to put some real thought into that because um, Social Security is important particularly later on in life, um, your survivor, the two of you will get the higher number. So you need to think about two life expectancies. So usually that means the person with the higher benefit needs to delay their Social Security for some period of time, maybe to full retirement age, maybe all the way to age 70. <clears throat> it's something you need to look at, try to maximize your Social Security because it become, usually becomes more and more important later on in life. So uh, those are the retirement planning blunders, and that leads up to our last thing, which is the prescription of the week. Yeah, this came from a a client. Great idea here. Buy gift cards from Kroger, um, and you get four times the fuel points, which basically means you you build these up, and you can get a dollar off a gallon of gas up to 35 gallons. And um, this couple has has figured out they they only go on they only do this promotion periodically at, at Kroger on a monthly basis. Um, but they, if they're going to spend $100 on Amazon because that's in their budget, they'll buy a $100 Amazon gift card. And if they're going to go out to eat $200 a month, they'll go buy the gift cards that, you know, and, they, and what happens is, is they, they're getting cheap gas and they're, um, you know, they're going to spend the money already. They, you have to be careful that you're not going to buy these gift cards right. and it's outside of your budget. That's the risk associated with it. But they're very, very detailed budgeters. They know what they're spending, and they're just buying the gift cards so can, they can then save a lot of money on gas. So gift cards from Kroger and fuel points, four times the fuel points to go yeah, with that. That's, that's pretty right. cool. It Have is. you figured out what percentage of uh, the kind of return on their on their extra that is on their money? I I, I haven't, but I mean it's a dollar yeah. off a gallon. They you yeah. know so, so it's it's, it's pretty good, and and they're not they're not spending outside of their budget on the gift cards. They're only buying gift cards of things that they are definitely you know, have budgeted for. They're very, very yeah. frugal, good. I mean, I really love so talking the, with them. For the frugal people out there, great tip yes. for saving some extra money. Love we it. always love these extra little tips that people don't think about. So if you know of any of those, email them to us. Yes. We'd love to share those with our listeners here on the podcast. Uh, good tip. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 